In today's video, we're going to be talking about the evidential problem of evil. In the last video, we talked about the logical problem of evil and how evil, according to the proponents of the logical problem of evil, is logically inconsistent with the existence of God. Today, we're talking about another variation of the problem of evil, which can be summarized as evil makes it highly unlikely that God exists. So instead of arguing from an a priori deductive manner, this is an a posteriori argument. You're relying on things like probability and an experience of the reality of evil to argue for the inexistence or the improbability of the existence of God. So to summarize this argument, I'd like to turn to a statement made by William Rowe. So he writes, suppose in some distant forest, lightning strikes a dead tree, resulting in a forest fire. In the fire, a fawn is trapped, horribly burned, and lies in terrible agony for several days before death relieves the suffering. So far as we can see, the fawn's intense suffering is pointless, for there does not appear to be any greater good such that the prevention of the fawn's suffering would require either the loss of that good or the occurrence of an evil equally bad or worse. This argument used by William Rowe is quite a good example of how evidential problem of evils work. As you can see, instead of arguing for an intrinsic property or at least why certain realities of evil can be inconsistent with certain realities or properties of God, what this argument is just saying is to try to illustrate and elaborate upon that intuitive improbability between the existence of God and the existence of evil. As a result, when you're talking to people about the evidential problem of evil, the response you're making is less so about redefining their conception of God or redefining possible conceptions of evil to find a possible world or a possible framework under which God and evil coexist. Responses to this have to come under a lens to make that intuitive tension disappear or at least ease that prima facie intuitive tension between the existence of God and evil. Now, the reason why I'm saying intuitive tension is because this is a fundamentally probabilistic argument. For this to hold watertight, it's very important for the atheists to try to raise a form of, of calculations of actual improbabilities of how evil and God don't exist together. The reason for why it's important for them to have actual mathematical probabilities is because fundamentally when you're raising probabilities, there are a few different types of improbabilities. There's mathematical probabilities, which we all know, for example, if you have a complete fair coin, the mathematical probability is 50% on each side. However, if you're looking at this from the perspective of, well, all right, this seems unlikely, but I'm not sure exactly how unlikely it is, you fall into the realm of intuitive probability. But of course, that's heavily determined by psychological upbringing, cultural differences. For example, someone's belief of how unlikely it is for their friend to bow to their elders when they're meeting them for the first time might be different from when you're talking to a Japanese person where bowing is a very strong part of the culture to an American where people normally shake their hands on their first meeting. As a result, you can see that clear differences between intuitive probability and mathematical probability occur. And as a result, I believe a lot of the problems and discussions within the evidential problem of evil do arise because a lot of the times, while it seems improbable that God and evil coexist, they are indeed talking about intuitive probability instead of mathematical probability. Now, with that distinction in mind, I'd like to talk about three categorical distinctions which exist in the evidential problem of evil. The gratuitous versus the non-gratuitous distinction, the moral versus natural evil distinction, and the categorical and or, and the deontological approach to morality and the consequentialist approach to morality. 
Now, these distinctions might not be directly applied to the evidential problem of evil, but there are important elements of discussion surrounding problems of evils in general. So I think this is a very good place in which it can be inputted into our introductory series to the logical problem of evil. When we're talking about gratuitous versus non-gratuitous evil, this is the question of are there evils which do not have reason for? Gratuitous evil is the idea that there exists evils which there are no reasons for. Evil just exists as a certain idea, as a certain concept, or as a certain reality in the world with no explanation for. A good example of this would be turning back to that example of a deer in a forest raised by R William Rowe at the start of this video. We're talking about that deer which dies for no apparent reason at all. It's the kid who dies from cancer towards no greater good at all. Non-gratuitous evil is the idea that there exists evil, but those evils have explanations. For example, if I'm giving a, uh, my friend or my cousin a vaccination, they're getting a vaccination to develop their health in the long run. And that is, as a result, non-gratuitous evil. So as you can see, each different types of evil, each different type of situations would lead to different probabilities of the existence of God, at least intuitively. For example, if all evil in this world was non-gratuitous, that means there are reasons for why those evils exist, then there will be good reasons to suggest that that evil might not be a very strong argument against the existence of God. On the other hand, if you do accept the idea that evil or at least gratuitous evil exists, then you might be thinking, well, actually, why does God allow for evil which has no intrinsic purpose at all or has no actual cause and effect, which leads to positive outcomes in the future? Does that decrease the probability of God's existence? Those are things which the proponent of the evidential problem of evil would be arguing for. So if you're enjoying this video so far, then feel free to like and subscribe. And also, if you have any questions about anything in this video, let me know in the comments below. I'll happily tend to them there. Furthermore, if you want to support this channel financially, then go check out our Patreon or our YouTube membership. These are two places which will help me make my mission of spreading free and accessible content to the world in an affordable and more sustainable fashion. With that in mind, let's carry on with the video. Now, the second distinction is the distinction between moral and natural evil. The difference between moral and natural evil is quite a clear one. For example, the Holocaust that was caused by the evil actions and decisions of people like Adolf Hitler and the SS. However, when you're talking about natural evil, you're talking about earthquakes, you're talking about things like tsunamis. These are, these are suffering, natural disasters, which do not seem to be a result of any moral agents. And as a result, you might say, well, okay, the free will theodicy, the free will defense might work against certain types of evils, for example, the moral types of evils, but it will not work against the natural types of evil. So as a result, the proponents of the evidential problem of evil might be saying, well, okay, look, I accept that it's probable that God exists alongside evil in those cases of moral evil. However, the world we live in today is a world filled with moral and natural evil. Okay, theist, you can explain the moral evil, but you cannot explain the natural evil. Explain to me, theist, why does there exist God? or Why is it probable that God exists when there is natural evil? So that is another challenge in which the evidential evil can be developed towards. Now, finally, there's a discussion between the consequentialist theories and the deontological and categorical distinctions of moral ethical theories. Now, why do I raise this conception of moral theories and virtue? Well, the reason for why I raise this is because it will fundamentally dictate how you are presenting these arguments and also how you can respond to it. If we are accepting a consequentialist framework, then you bring back the, the 
the non-gratuitous evil and say, well, okay, yes, as long as the theist can provide certain goods, which can potentially, might not actually come about, but can potentially come out as a result of that evil, then maybe you can justify it. However, if you're looking at it from a purely categorical landscape, if you're looking at it from a sense of deontology, you might then say, well, all right, regardless of what good comes out of this in the future, the fact that evil exists in the first place is a failure of duty on behalf of God. God cannot just say, well, all right, I'm going to put evil in someone's life just so that good can come out in the future. Categorically speaking, evil is bad, and therefore, one must wrestle with the question of evil and God from a categorical landscape. So as you can see, there's a very clear distinction which is made when you're approaching this from a categorical landscape and when you're approaching this from an evidential landscape. So by understanding these three distinctions of the problem of evil, I believe we can have a further understanding of the evidential problem of evil and important distinctions that we have to be aware of when we're entering into this discussion about the problem of evil, both from the atheistic side and also the theistic side. So I hope you've enjoyed this video. If you enjoyed this video, make sure to like and subscribe to stay tuned with regular updates about this channel. Furthermore, if you have any questions, go reach out to me in the comments below and I'll happily hear your thoughts there. And if you want to support our channel financially, you can go check out our Patreon, which is in the link below, or check out our YouTube membership platform, The Dostoyevskians, which allows you early access to videos, priority comments, and way more features. So make sure you go check that out as well. Stay safe, my friends. See you soon. Thank you for watching and goodbye. I'll see you next time.